When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome you to Porch Talk. I'm here with Robbie Amonette. Uh, we are in Daphne, Alabama, and I first met Robbie... It was uh, A. Partridge, Psych Peas, Red Clay Strays at Soul Kitchen on July 3rd. And I had never seen anything like this. Is He was doing a live painting of what was happening on the stage that night. So, Robbie, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to have me over today and to sit down and talk about what you do. Well, and, man, you how you doing? Much. I'm doing great, man. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, it's uh, a privilege. Yeah, man. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, we were getting ready for today, and I was I was supposed to send Robbie a text earlier. I did. Uh, unfortunately, I looked at the number I texted and the number that he sent, and uh, it wasn't the same. <laughs> and so I don't I don't know who received it. Oh, they didn't send nothing back. Uh, they they never did send it. Huh. Maybe it was one of them telemarketer scammers. I don't know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but, so you got a story? Oh, yeah, about wrong number. Yeah. So, I, my phone number and this guy I, who I never met. His number was one number off from mine, uh-huh. and I'd get phone calls all the time. And I think he um, possibly was uh, a, a businessman, if you know what I mean, because I get calls all hours of the night from strange people and asking for this fella, and nobody knew that it might. I mean, the number was so similar; they thought it was me they were texting yeah. for whatever they wanted or whatever, and. One day I got a phone call, uh, answered it. It was his mother, and she sang happy birthday to me before I could tell her it wasn't <laughs> who she was. It was, it was funny. Uh, yeah, how uh, fun was that after it was over? It was like, thank was you? Great. great. You tell him happy birthday from me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, tell me um, just a little bit about growing up. Were you originally from here? Or? I'm from the Gulf Coast for sure, but... uh. I graduated high school from Hurley, Mississippi, but I was born in Moss Point, Pascola area. Okay. And so just uh, finding your way in uh, creativity, what did that look like in, in the home, or uh, where did you where did you find art? Um, I've always kind of doodled since I was a kid. You know, when they asked what you want to be uh, when you grow up, I said a, a 
cowboy or an artist. And well, you uh, nailed you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did the, you know, football, baseball, like every kid growing up, and then got, I've been got into music when I was a kid. Took guitar lessons, quick guitar lessons, and mm-hmm. self-taught myself the bass, and you know, enjoyed aspects of music, but never really went anywhere with it. And then. Uh, I discovered bull riding, and I was a professional bull rider for the first part of my life. Whoa. Which you know, I want to be a cowboy or an artist. I was a bull rider. There you go. And I did that till I was I got my last bull when I was thirty, and then I uh, went uh, when I decided that for, I should have quit about twenty-seven. I kind of slowed it slowed down, but the last one I got on when I was thirty. Uh, Around 27, 28, I started junior college because I realized that my rodeo career was at its end. I was getting too broke up and too hurt. And uh, I uh, went to the community college, and I was like, well, I did the cowboy part. I'm yeah. going to do the art part. And yeah. so I, met, I took, uh, I got an associate's of art or whatever in uh, fine art from the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Mm-hmm. And, uh, did that, and then applied for some bigger art colleges and uh got got in into savannah college of art design and then the day i was going to leave to go hurricane katrina happened and uh so i didn't do that and i ended up playing roadie for a band for about a year the friday night gigolos good (laughs) friends of mine and i drove the van and lived on their couch for about a year and just kind of took the year off Mm -hmm. uh and uh, i uh met this girl at a pottery camp a friend of mine had she was a uh, down doing it like an internship and uh became good friends with her and she was graduating from college and invited me and the the other friend that owned the pottery studio up to her senior show in Montevallo mm-hmm. and I'd never heard of Montevallo but I fell in love with the campus and uh, started researching it and I ended up going to Montevallo and I got my BFA in Montevallo uh, I graduated in 2009 and then I moved back to Mississippi you know I was trying to make as an artist and you know it's kind of hard you know with a painting degree there is no job and uh, I uh, decided I wanted to do painting as my job I didn't want to work for somebody else mm-hmm. I knew that was a hard road but I was willing to go down it you know nothing in life worth doing is really that easy yeah. um, and I started painting let me rewind a little bit when I, when I was in college uh, I took I'm not very computer I'm not a computer guy Yeah. and I had to, I had to have this computer class computer art class graduate and I was scared to death of it and I had had the instructor for another class and um, he asked me uh, one of the assignments is we had to take our major which mine was painting and use it with computers and I was like how in the world are you going to do that other than digital painting which I am not really that Mm -hmm. fond of how am I going to take what am I going to scan a painting into the computer he says well who are you into in painting right now and I was into Kandinsky and Kandinsky uh, kind of was a father of abstraction. You know, he uh, uh, 
was believed in the synthesis of the arts, how all the arts were connected. And uh, I dig that philosophy. And my instructor said, well, what would Kandinsky do right now if he had access to a computer? I said, oh, he'd make them little screens on the screensavers. You know, you listen to me, the skins or whatever. Uh-huh. I was like, that's what I, that's what he would do. You know? So uh, I, while in college, I painted with a band and did a abstract painting to the music. And uh, kind of like the ones on the walls here, they they were all done to music. And so it was like my translation of how the music sounded, I guess, if yeah. you will. And uh, when I got out of college, I lived right down the road from a, a juke joint that had live music. And I was like, man, I want to paint. So I decided just to set up and paint. Mm-hmm. And it became a regular thing there, and uh, I, I did that for a couple years. And I don't know, the abstracts weren't really selling, you know. So I was trying to make a living at this and trying not to have a side job. And it was a, a lot of hard, hard days, hard nights, whatever. And uh, so I decided to take a month, a, a break from it. And I did a series of jazz paintings from uh, live recordings with the abstracts behind it and then the uh, figures of the jazz on top of it and I did that for about six months and I got a job uh, delivering flowers <laughs> I had a van yeah you know? and uh, I did that and then I went back to painting live music and I decided to, to paint the fi- the people playing instead of the abstracts and uh from then I've just kind of been doing that ever since I've kind of been making a living at it until the Rona or whatever no live performances but yeah <coughs> that's a smoker's call <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, just just to back up just for a second I don't uh, you're probably the first bull rider I've ever met uh, oh yeah like let's go into that lifestyle and like getting into that uh, oh I enjoyed that when I started on horseback and oh like, when I was before I was born, my father did it. He was a bull rider, and I think he got on maybe five or six bulls. Long enough, though, he didn't really care for it. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward till I was about, I don't know, nine, ten years old. He got asked to judge a bull riding, just like a local bull riding, and he did a judge. And he took me and my little brother with him, and I fell in love with it. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you're not. And I was like, oh, yes, I am. And, you know, I had <laughs> yeah. a rebellious son, and I... When I was 16, I, I finally got on one, and uh, snuck. I had to sneak to do it, and I had a buddy sign my little name. You know, I ain't gonna get in trouble for that now. But you know, yeah. I, I, and uh, I, <coughs> I uh, decided to uh, pursue it as a career, and that's when I quit playing baseball and football. It wasn't my thing anymore. Mm-hmm. This was the sport I wanted to do. Right. And, uh, when I turned 18, I told my daddy I was entering the bull riding. And so my first rodeo, I was 18. Before, it was just like practice pins and stuff, just getting on bulls. Okay. And uh, I did that and took for a career until I was I would, well, 27. I got married. Well, 26. I got married right before I turned 26, right before I turned 27. And I uh, kind of had gotten hurt real bad and... and I took a year off when I was 25 because I, I had a, a severe injury and I moved to the Virgin Islands 
and because uh, one thing about being a bull rider is kind of like artist uh it doesn't pay real well unless you win and you got to pay to do it so i was learned a lot of i didn't learn a trade i had jobs in many trades and learned a little about a lot of different stuff and sheetrock was one of them and i went down to the virgin islands for a year because i was too hurt to ride and uh did sheetrock work in st croix for a year and then i come back and i was rodeoing but i, I went mostly to bull ridings and there were like two heads like you get on one and then if you if you ride it you go back to a short go and then the top five compete right get on another bull and I just couldn't get on that other bull. I was hurting so bad. So it was more of a business decision to quit riding bulls. And yeah, that's I couldn't imagine, man. Just, oh, I uh, love it. I still got one more in me, but I'll never <laughs> do it. I, in fact, when I was in Montevallo, I uh, I said, "Man, I really want to get on a bull." I just felt like getting on a bull. I was probably thirty-two, and uh. I entered the bull ride. I was going to enter the bull ride, and you call in like the Monday before the rodeo to what the way it used to be. I'm sure it's different now with all the internet and everything. But then it was like you call in, um, and the Monday before, and it was the Sunday before the Monday, and I threw my back out, and I was like, well, that was just the, the you know, path is telling me I don't need to get on this bull. Yeah. So. But I still think I can get a one. Did you ever have an eight-second ride? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was no – I'll never be in a history book for a bull riding. I was on a video, I was told, uh, on a bloopers video, which is not, you know. It's, it's not what you want. Yeah, yeah getting on a car wrecked, car yeah. killed or whatever. But uh, uh, made it TV a few times, but I was never a great bull rider. But I loved it, and I did it, and I – I wasn't a bad bull rider. I had to, you know, keep riding to survive. But yeah. I couldn't uh, imagine. Like I've seen photos. It's like just putting it in like perspective. It's uh -huh. like some of those bulls are, when they buck. I mean, they're almost at a perfect perpendicular to the yeah. ground. Uh huh. And it's and you got to post. You you really don't ride on your behind. You ride on your knees and kind of posting like you would English horse. You know. Okay. And you, you so you're riding on your wrist and your knees and you. That's how you get shook up and hurt, right? <laughs> Putting pressure uh, on those joints. Uh, landing is usually. <laughs> oh. But I, I, actually, the injury that I had that in, pretty much ended my career is I tore my growing muscle in half when I was. Oh, kind of a dumb thing. I had I had a pulled growing, which is a pretty common injury for, you know, sports people. And I, I kept riding with a pulled growing and ripped it. And I took like a month off, and I was back to running. I used to run a lot. I was running, thought I was healthy, and uh, went back. And the first bull back, I re-ripped it, and it was a two-header. And I told the judge, I was like, man, I'm going to have to bow out on my second bull. I can't get on. I'm hurt. And he told me which one I had, and it was the one to win all the money with. It was the best bull in the pen. And I was like, I made the worst mistake of my life. I got on that bull, and when I did, I ripped it completely in half. No. Yeah, it it was. I still have problems with it, you know. But that's what ended my career. Yeah. Now my back, all my joints, I have arthritis and everything. <laughs> it's the price you pay, I guess, for having a wildlife. <laughs> right. Well, uh, we we talked a little bit about uh, media as far as uh, 
you're not with a digital or computer. Uh, when you paint, what about like the medias that you paint on, and what kind of media do you use? Uh, um, well, what all, what mostly all do you like mostly acrylic on wood is what my main thing when I paint live. Um, like last night, I did a watercolor on paper, uh, trying to because uh, I was in a small location and you know social distance and I didn't want to take up as much space mm -hmm. so I, I did a, like almost like a courtroom setup and uh, so it was just a little small desk and a light and watercolors and I like watercolors uh, I draw a lot I, uh, I just ink drawings and stuff I'm working on a book about the Waffle House been working on it forever uh, I painted a whole series of paintings about the Waffle House and then uh <laughs> After gigs, you know, you go to the Waffle House is about the only place to eat. You right. know? And so I started drawing. I've always drawn people while I'm just eating or whatever. And uh, somebody said, "Man, you should do a book about the, about these. They're they're really cool." And I said, "Yeah, I do. I think you're right." And so there's a book in the works. It's it's yeah. been in the works. Um, it's just these stories that happen after shows. Story, and yeah, little quips, and then, like kind of kind of like a coffee table book is what it's going to be. Yeah, cool man. Scattered, smothered, covered. Wait, scattered, smothered, and cover to cover. <laughs> Working title. Talking about the hash browns here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and I was also thinking about uh, doing a series because people have asked me why don't why don't I do Western art? You know, I was a cowboy. You know, I was like, but I kind of give up the rodeo life when I quit. You know, it was kind of like a baseball player when he's got a bad knee. He don't really want to watch baseball because it reminds me of his bad knee, and I. I still love to watch a good rodeo, but I I got out of that lifestyle when I got into the art. And uh, I've thought about going and doing a, but it would be impossible to do a live painting of a bull riding. So I decided to kind of tie how I went, because everybody always, always says, how do you go from a 180 from riding bulls to being a painter? And I was yeah. like, you know, I mean, yeah, the childhood story of me wanting to be both is it the main it, reason it but played itself out. but how how i went is um one of the things about bull riding is it's 90 percent mental you know i mean you're 100 whatever i was 150 pounds getting on something weighed 1500 pounds i'm trying to ride it you know it's, yeah. it's, so it's a lot of mental mind you know i can do this type thing and uh i got into uh Tai Chi and stuff like that through that. Well, how I got to Tai Chi is I'm naturally clumsy, which, you know, bull rider requires balance. But I've realized that I was more clumsy on my feet than I, I wasn't. I was more graceful on the bull than I was off the bull. Uh -huh. And um, so I was trying to learn balance, and somebody said, you should take a ballet class. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I tried it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And so... Uh, uh, they said, how about Chinese ballet, which is, you know, Tai Chi. And I got into that, but then I got into the mental aspect of it, you know, Zen qualities and all that. And so one of the, one of the books later in life I read because I got interested in all that stuff was Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I thought about doing a little play on that and doing a, another coffee table book of uh, portraits of me riding bulls from, you know, throughout my little photo book from years of 20 well 15 years of riding bulls and then doing zen and the art of bull riding uh, it's kind of a 
another working book you know, yeah. that I'm working on. But you know, I got a lot of irons in the fire. So yeah, uh, I'm also in animation, so I've been trying to work on a cartoon too. Really? Yeah. Man, um, it's probably like of all social media, my LinkedIn account is like the one I probably take least serious, even though that should be the most serious. LinkedIn. Yeah. I, is man, uh, I'm on it. And I don't even know how. how but like on on it is all I follow are animators. Oh yeah, As I love watching like the process and how uh-huh. these things come to life. Even I remember being in, you know, in school, and just getting those books to where you just flip, you know, like uh-huh. the post-it notes and it's moving. And I was like, man, I, this it blows me away. But I was like, there's no way I could make that happen. Like to draw that same thing over and over and to bring it to life and to where it's. Kicking oh, yeah. a football, or you know, uh, whatever it's gonna do. Yeah, it's uh, it's something I'm kind of just more of a hobby than anything that, and I make puppets out of junk. You know, it's like oh, if you, I don't know, they're they're uh, I got into stop motion animation, uh, or tried to get into stop motion animation. I, I, I the technical aspect of it is, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. So, I, I got some ideas in the works on that, but it's it's uh, but the, but the hand-drawn animation i'm i've always loved the backgrounds of things like uh this guy here he uh the noble approach whatever he he did the uh the uh oh maurice noble he did like uh you remember that cartoon with daffy duck and uh Bugs Bunny, where they're in space, it's kind of like a Buck Rogers. Uh-huh. He, I loved the backgrounds in that. It was amazing, and uh, he's the one that did them. And I, I okay. got that book, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, this is great. Uh, but then I, I have, I don't know. As I want to say stuff, with you know, through art, there's many ways of doing it, and I. As I'm a big fan of Kandinsky's synthesis of the arts, they're all the same, you know. So, how, however, method of making art, I'm, you know, I'm in, interested in. I'm not, a, I'm not stuck to painting, but painting is my most. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. So what you do the most? Yeah, my main gig, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I enjoy animation a lot, but I'm still learning on the learning stages of that. Yeah. Uh, so, what's that? What does some of that look like? Is it is it like what I'm talking about, where you take the papers and? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little peg thing here, and a light. Yeah, I'm trying to work on a website as well, which I'm computer stupid. So, uh, one of the things is I'm gonna make make a little GIF of me waving. And I haven't I haven't done it yet, but that's gonna be the little GIF. Yeah. Me waving and uh Yeah. I'm gonna cool, have to get man. one of my computer buddies to help me translate it to digital <laughs> world, but uh yeah. Yeah, man. That's cool. Cause I remember uh, you know, we met that night and that was after you, before you handed me the card, like you just quickly um drew something very similar to that. Yeah. You drew yeah. yourself and handed it to me and I was like yeah. and this is cool. And I was so distracted that night. Uh huh. And I, I kept tapping Johnny, the guy I was with, I was like, Look, have you seen what he's? I was like, watch him. <laughs> and then, especially when you were doing the sight piece, because that was oh, extremely yeah. abstract yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to the yeah, straight. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was, you know, I used to play with the sight piece. I was in with them, so I oh, never no. really got to paint them. Yeah. And uh, I painted them before I joined the band, and then I joined them for a little bit, and then 
Dave moved and the site peas went away for a little while and then they came back with the and they're amazing I love their new record I've got I it. do it's, too it's I've so got a copy as well it's, it's amazing and uh, you know Abe's a good dude he's great mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I, was, I called him I was like I'm still a little leery about the you know being in close quarters and I was like hey man can I come on stage and just kind of do an abstract with y'all and uh, he's like yeah man I love it so that's yeah. kind of how that happened and, uh, yeah that, that was a wild night because that, that was the first I, I didn't know that something like that was a thing oh and, yeah you know I, I didn't I've never been to a show to where there's a band playing and then you just look and there's a guy painting <laughs> as he perceives it uh huh I've never seen anything like that I was just blown away you uh, know I, I saw uh, there's a guy in New Orleans uh, Frenchie uh, he, he's been doing it a lot longer than me and I I went to a thing at Tipitino's one time it was called Lundy Graw it's like the Monday before Mardi Gras and it's a, like an all night concert it starts at 9 o'clock at night and then goes to 9 o'clock in the morning and it's all galactic and uh, oh. it's, uh, it's a great show and uh, they have a really long set break so it's not like a grind but it's it's a you know all night thing and then some guys are beasts, man. They, they get through with that and go get on a float and do a parade or whatever. But uh, uh, while I was there that night, Frenchie was painting, and I was watching him paint. And I was like, man. And I was in, I think I was in junior college then, or I was about to start in Montevallo. I was like, I loved it. I was like, just watching him do it. And after a while, I could, I was sitting behind him, and I, I wasn't not watching the band, but I was watching him more and uh. Mm-hmm. I, I could watch him paint. I was like, man, I could f- anticipate, and I knew where he was going. I was like, I, I, I can do this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I do it. Yeah. Well, take me back just a little bit. Uh, you you mentioned uh, playing guitar and bass. Uh, one thing that struck out, you said juke joint. Uh, where where where's that juke joint? Uh, well, then it was called Mizo's Jute Joint. Now it's just called the Jute Joint. It's it's passed hands a few times. It's a great place, still a great place. Um, it's in Ocean Springs. Yeah, and those are disappearing. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, this one. That luckily, they have a really nice outdoor seating, so they're still able to yeah. survive. I guess during this, I hadn't been there in a while. But. Yeah. So uh, a blues fan, I take it. Oh yeah, blues. <laughs> I, I I listen to just about everything. Yeah. The juke joint really isn't a blues joint though. It's 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 kind of a everything really. Oh, it okay. always has very eclectic. Uh, uh, always has been from the get go. Had a lot of New Orleans music. I mean, I saw some great shows there when back back in the day when I that's where I first started painting. And uh, uh, saw uh, Mike Dillon and uh, John Vodakovich and uh, James Singleton do their trio there. Nice. Uh, it was great. Uh, all kinds of me, Johnny Sketch and Dirty Notes. All, all a lot of New Orleans bands came over. Uh, there was a Russian band. Uh, oh man, I can't remember their name. That's a Russian band, but they were really good, kind of like Gogor Badella type of music. Okay. And then, uh, but it was no certain genre they went there. It wasn't. But yes, I do love blues. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's just Mississippi to me. It's, yeah. Uh, um, Blues Front Cafe, and you have some of the the last standing juke joints. I, I, I think it's almost just Mississippi. It, yeah. Even like you you look at blues markers. Well, it was a place in uh, up in Alabama. Uh, it was I think what, Gyps. Was that the name of it? That sound. I'm not sure. I can't Couldn't remember. Say. I never got a chance to go there. I just heard about it. Yeah, it was. 
but I, I'm, dude, I'm crazy over the blues. And like when you, if you look at a map and you look at all the blues markers, I mean, you got some over in like England, uh-huh. but predominantly, it's Mississippi. Oh yeah, yeah, you that's know? definitely the birthplace. Yeah, I think uh, I think they figured it out it was in Jones County area. It was where it mm-hmm. birthed. And then, you know, it went to New Orleans and became jazz. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big jazz guy, too. And uh, I was raised on country music, so I, I, I love country music, older country music, and then stuff that ain't on the radio country music now. I'm not a big fan of pop country. Yeah, I'm not either. Abe Partridge, you know, pop country's for posers. Great I th- song. I think he nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. Um, I just... I, I don't know. It's it's just kind of like I, I'm a big fan of. I've been digging a lot lately of like '70s proto stoner rock. You know, like uh, Black Black Sabbath and uh, uh, Blue Cheer and okay. Uh, what's some more? Uh, that they're more country, I guess. But Spooky Tooth it was a band of, and I found a lot of these like albums that are just they made one album and that was it yeah. you know so it's like and hard to find albums yeah so how are you finding them is it just going to the local record store or? um i got a couple i don't have well i, I did get one blue cheer album that's a, an older album but the other one's a, a reissue you know just amazon yeah i've not been a big fan of the of amazon until this quarantine and it's like man i miss going to the record store so I just thumbed through Amazon records <laughs> instead of That's what you got you know, right now, right? Really, I've been digging in my stacks a lot too. Yeah, just uh, yeah, listening to different stuff. Well, just uh, just going back to um, the art. I'm I'm thinking because I'm not sure about my the future of live music and you know I do also do weddings so they're going to kind of keep me afloat I guess you know I've not. Uh, doing weddings and I'm doing commissions and stuff like that and uh not sure how the live music thing's gonna go so I'm probably gonna go back to grad school and uh I kind of I've always wanted I play music too you know and uh whenever I've played music they say who's gonna paint you or can you figure out how to paint and play at the same time oh whoa that's something I've always wanted to mess with again my technical abilities are not that great so like i'm having trouble figuring out how to make music from a canvas you know abe he's he's such a genius did you see the one he did with the the radio in it or the one he's got a little guitar string all that that was uh the last um the night after that show july 4th went over there um to have a meal and I mean, it caught my eye. I saw the little string, like, uh-huh. and you can just talk into it. Yeah, it's, and it's like a I think it's a piezo pickup. Yeah, or something it'll, like that, it'll, which it'll, Ross Newell, who you know, I don't know from the Mulligan Brothers, he's been he, on the show. He, uh, the, you know, the remember the upright bass with he made that. You know, the upright bass that was the two um, suitcases. Oh no, I didn't know that. Um, I got a picture, a sticker somewhere over here with it. I'll show you. Okay, uh, uh, but they. Uh, he made this bass. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, that was the bass forever that uh, Ben uh, Ben used. Ben Lindiger. He used this, and uh, Ross. He he's you know a gearhead, I guess. And uh, he uh, 
he was going to help me. And we thought about, we, we had just giggled idea. I don't even know if Abe even knows, but me and him and Abe doing a, uh, a three piece crazy instrument band. You know? Whatever y'all get I, I, I I'm sure Abe would be down with it. I don't yeah. know if he knows when we talked about it, but it, <laughs> um, I want to paint on a canvas when you, when you paint on it, it makes a sound. Yeah. Uh, but Ross was going to help me build a little canvas or whatever to, to where I could do that. And I, it's one of the things I want to kind of work on when I get into grad school is, uh, the more tech side of thing or just, yeah, have somebody that know how, whatever that that's going to college too. And they're going to help me and, and we'll, I don't know if that'll ever work out or not, but I would love to do that. Like make music with my paintings. Yeah, that'd be something yeah. else. Cause I, that was, I got a industrial electronics degree from uh, Shelton State, well, and that well, was uh, for yeah, <laughs> for my um, for our final. It's like you had to build, um, you had to take some kind of circuit on the internet. I chose a voice changer, uh-huh. and so um, I ordered the circuit. Then you had to take just a piece of copper. You had to trace uh, out the schematic and then put the components on your own copper board mm-hmm. and then you you ran your lines up the switches i had five different settings i had one that make you sound like a robot and then <laughs> you know one that make you sound like the devil or you uh-huh. know whatever and uh i mean we've we still have a lot of fun with that over the years and then i'm seeing like this done like with music uh-huh. with, like strings and uh-huh. i was like man this is this is cool stuff i mean I, one of uh, one of my favorite musicians he took a, a guitar hero guitar uh-huh and he made it to where like each button would make a chord, uh-huh. and he he started playing his songs with a Guitar Hero guitar. Oh wow! <laughs> and like some of the buttons, like that Guitar Hero, the eh, when you messed up, uh, he like he yeah. made one of the buttons to where when you hit it, it would make that. Eh. <laughs> really? <laughs> huh? I, I you know I've never played. Well, I, I tried to play Guitar Hero one mm-hmm. time at a. Well, I used to work at a coffee shop when I was in college, and they had it like a thing. It was big then, you know. It's a and I, I tried to do it, and I don't know. I kept trying to, like, it was a song I knew how to play on the real instrument. Get through, and I was trying to play it the right way, and I was like, kept hitting the wrong buttons. I was like, no, the same yeah. for me. <laughs> I quit Atari. I quit video games at Atari. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I like pinball. You can give me a pinball any day, but I just never was into video games much. Yeah. Um, uh, I, Chessboard, that'd be my game. I guess if I had to pick a game, it'd be well, a I ain't chess. played a good game of chess in a long time. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll have to set it up. You probably stomped me. It's uh, been some years since I played. I swear. It's been a while since I played too. So. Might be a good match. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> so just, just as far as like future with uh, making your art, uh, play music. Um, I mean, what are what are some of the uh, the other what are some of your other interests what else um um i was a writing minor in college and i, I do did uh spoken word poetry for a while and then, uh, i went to the did the poetry slam thing while i was in college it wasn't really my thing not knocking it just wasn't my thing mm-hmm. doing the, and uh but uh, kind of want to do a, a side thing that's where it's spoken word poetry over music and then uh, I want to be a part of making the music too and um, I've I've kind of 
Uh, I recently did something with the Royal Horses where I got up on, they played, and I just got up and spat over the microphone some poetry. And it, that was fun. I hadn't done that in a hot minute. And it was good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's another iron in the fire. Yeah. yeah, that's just going back to that night again. I mean, seeing music and art on the same stage doing that, that kind of um, in Columbus, Mississippi, uh, that's where I play and interact with uh the music, I guess that would be my scene, mm-hmm. is uh, before everything shut down, was we were all, it was a couple of us who were involved in the scene, and we were talking, I was like, what could we do to make it better? Because we were trying to get people involved, because it seemed like every time that we would, um, it felt like we were making strides to making the community care about the art scene, mm-hmm. it would just die out. And it was like, how do we rekindle it and keep it lit? figure that out you let me know <laughs> right <laughs> things happen everywhere yeah. yeah uh you know believe it or not i'm not really that into the art scene because i'm more in the music scene than i am the art scene sure so I, like there's a around here i don't know hard i know a few artists you know just through meeting but i don't i don't know a lot of the artists and but i in the past i've noticed it unfortunately which is shame really that most of the time when you go to an art opening it's other artists there it's, so it's it's tight knit that way but it's uh the general public don't go to art openings and they do but not as much mm-hmm. and uh which is it's sad I, I had an art show at south alabama the opening was the the day that they shut everything down so uh, the opening went and the closing went and nobody saw it so i hung an art show no a few people saw it and that the students whatever and then i took down the art show and it was never seen yeah but i got another one in july of 2021 there yeah maybe everything will be semi-normal by, by then yeah. yeah that's yeah, it's, it's it's just cultivating that. It's like, how do we get you know just your everyday working man to come out and support what we're trying to do? How do you make them care? And I guess, like you said, it's like when you figure that out, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think uh, one of the reasons I've I've been able to do this is is I do my painting where the the average Joe at the bar Friday night gets to see it. You know, so I'm instead of them coming to see the art on the museum walls and taking the art to their yeah taverns or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to wonder about how it was done. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can literally well. see it. Uh, what's some of your favorite pl- I know you've painted at like Callahan and some cool venues. It's like, what's oh, some yeah. of your favorite memories? Uh, I kind of... Favorite memories? Yeah. Oh, do man. It. That's another book there. That's some <laughs> good ones. Um, I kind of... You know, I started in Ocean Springs doing it. And then, you know, I'm from Pascagoula, so... I painted a lot at Jack's by the Tracks in Pascagoula, sure. and uh, in fact, I have a lot of paintings hanging in Jack's right now. There, um, I didn't have room for them after a show. And Mark, the previous owner, uh, was a good friend of mine, and he asked if I could. I asked him if I could hang them in there, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and it was like a shotgun. So it's just a shotgun full of paintings. It's more. I, I feel guilty sometimes. I use it like my. My free storage, I guess, <laughs> what people get to look at. But uh, yeah. uh, I, uh, it made the room sound better because you know I paint on wood and then uh, I paint on Luon, which is you know 
real thin but then when i for the show i had i i built a just like a one by two bit backing on the back of it so it stuck out a little bit and then you know 50 of them suckers on that block wall it was a natural buffer and it made the room sound better so uh uh i've been told it made it look better too which it was, <laughs> i don't believe it made me feel good and then uh i uh i uh forgot where i was going with this i uh, just like favorite memories from places you painted oh yeah so i've started their painting in ocean springs at mizos and then the, the government street grocery and mosaic all the little bars around the, you know Mo, ocean springs has a great nightlife and uh all the bars i started doing that i had a, I had a bicycle set up then i'd ride my bicycle with all my paint on it and just ride around town i lived in downtown ocean springs for uh -huh. a number of years and then uh I uh, moved, my, my grandfather passed away, so I moved in with my grandmother to help her out for a little while. And uh, uh, so I was in Pascagoula a lot more. And then uh, I uh, started painting at Jack's and then met some people that, that uh, from over this way. And uh, that, I, you know, I was like, man, I want to come over there and paint. And mm -hmm. so I just. Uh, Asked the bands, uh, Sugarcane Jane, Grace, and all them, the Willie Sugar Caps. And I, I got to the Frog Pond and just kind of, you know, all along the Gulf Coast. I love the Gulf Coast. Um, you know, I'm in a, uh, a group with uh, Johnny Cole and Steven Anderson, uh, the Southland Music Line. And uh, it's, that's kind of what it's about, you know, this, this little music scene that's going along the Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. Just kind of hit a little speed bump right now but it's still you know still prevalent and i've met a lot of bands from not from here that uh it's like anytime you know, you're around you know come paint so i i uh went on tour with the banditos for a month that was fun but it was i realized i was old <laughs> sleeping in a van you know. <laughs> i realized i was old and but uh i enjoyed that that was fun and went to South by Southwest and painted there which wasn't but isn't really geared to what I do because it's 30 minute sets you know it's hard to pump out a painting in 30 minutes sure I mean I'm fast but I ain't that fast you know? and uh, so I, I ended up doing drawings mostly at the South by Southwest and um, came back from that and I went out to Colorado a couple of years ago and uh, kind of stayed in Denver in my van for a week and I had a little, have a little transit with a bed set up in the back, so I lived in my van uh -huh. and uh, just painted in Denver for about a week. And then went over to the Frog Pond, had a thing over across the in the mountains, um, and uh, Rancho Del Rio is, was a thing, and it was like a weekend here and a weekend there. And uh, I kind of went with Grayson and then we followed. I followed Grayson and them around because they were out there for. I stayed a month. I don't, God, I lived in my van for a month. It was fun. It, it, it couldn't do it here in the summertime because it was know. 100 degrees, but it was pleasant. Uh, I had to have covers at night. It was cold. Yeah. It got downright cold. Peacoat yeah. in July. It's crazy. Yeah. Something hard to imagine here. Yeah. Then <laughs> I come back in August. <laughs> yeah. I should have stayed in Colorado another month. Yeah. <laughs> at least. I mean, we're walking in September right now. It's blazing. <laughs> yes. But as far as memories, that uh, 
man, there's so many memories I've had. Yeah. Good ones, bad ones. Uh, mostly, all, 90% of them are good ones. Um, I've got the pleasure of of meeting people I only dreamt of met. Sure. Meeting, you know. Who are some of those cats? Oh, uh, shoot. Uh, I met a high-five Dan Aykroyd. I was painting the Blues Brothers. <laughs> and uh, it, there's a good memory. Nice. So the Sun is Sand Festival in Gulfport, Mississippi was this festival, and it was a mu- music and uh, film festival. And the the music was kind of a, a new thing. It was in November. It was kind of cold, and there just wasn't a very good turnout for it, which is sad because it was a great, great lineup. It was so many bands there. It was so good. I got, I got uh, Greg Allman, uh, uh, Trombone Shorty, Galactic, uh, uh, Keller Williams, all these uh, just great great lineup and it was well priced you know it wasn't like hangout fest or not nothing wrong with hangout fest but it's just a very expensive ticket for the you know sure you get what you pay for it's a lot of bands but um anyways it was a lot of bands and blues brothers was one of them and it was you know it was dan Aykroyd and uh and so the you, other blue you were painting this event right yeah and i was kind of like in the, the where the, the photo pit is that's where i was set up and the it was like a i don't know a six foot from me to the stage or whatever and the the fat man dance you know the the blues brothers uh-huh. do the fat man dance he got the security guard that was right by me to get up there and he was he was a fat man so he got up there and did the fat man dance with him and then <laughs> dan Aykroyd got in pulled somebody out of the vip section and kind of spun him around this woman and he saw me, saw my painting of him, and he he looked and then he gave me a high five and went back to you know doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Got to yeah, high yeah. five Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, cool man. Uh, that's just one of the one many of many cool stories. Yeah. Dude, uh, anything else to add or subtract? Any, uh-huh. Anywhere else you want to go? While uh, we're here, you can. Um, I don't have a website, so you can't. But you know, but hey, plug on social uh, media. Facebook. Um, you can look me up on Facebook in my name or I have a page uh, Aminette Art and then the Instagram uh, is my name and then uh, I don't know see me at a show uh, say hey buy a painting yeah <laughs> man oh cool well Robbie thank you so much for taking the time man yes yes thank you so much for listening Porch Talk has a website now www.porch-talk.net that's like our social media it's a great place to see what we're up to and uh meet the people who are coming on the show and just what it is that they do you can also follow us on facebook and instagram gonna walk the thing on out the door with what happened july 3rd uh you had abe partridge psych peas rick Laystrays. now i'm not gonna play any psych peas go to caution light media on youtube and you can see some really cool live footage of them there. But here is Black Flag T-Shirt Lament by A. Partridge. And then we'll roll right into the Red Clay Strays. I'm out of here. See y'all. Of the night, a 
as the falsely civilized come to seek their thrills in the Holy Ghost roams these dripping streets alone but he can't find a single heart to steal it's just another smiling face in a phony handshake as them posers fill the art district streets so I just smile back ashamed of the whole act that's the price I pay for being part of the scene and I like your black flag t-shirt from a designer in New York that in an act of rebellion you bought off Amazon and you covered your jacket with reproduction band patches that you never listened to even when you were young but I could love enough for the both of us but it's getting harder for me to count the cost Because with every dirty dollar Man, I'm beginning to wonder If there's any purity left in my great heart his fiddle but Rome rotted from the middle and folks have a way of weaving myths into tales we know our story all so well it was heroin and shotgun shells to my generation's art died with Chris Cornell maybe it's the influences of my youth that gave me this jagged truth Maybe it's my punk rock ideals But this old hippie jam It's a beach town trinket scam And like Dylan, man, I'm stuck in Mobile hard to be an artist in this town so I'll curse here to try I'll close my eyes and I'll sing to God cause I knew you wouldn't listen anyhow oh yes I knew
This song's called Wondering Why. It'll be released God knows when. It's, it's, been, it's been recorded and everything. It's got to wait on. It's one of our favorite ones that we recorded, actually. She comes from Silver Spoon, Golden Rule, private school, never miss Sunday church. I come from blue collar, low dollar, out here where concrete meets old red dirt. And I don't know what happened, but it sit on add up on paper. When I close my eyes late at night, you can bet I thank my maker. She keeps on loving me, loves me the way I am. She's not just alone for the ride, no, she's my biggest fan. And it's a little piece of heaven when we lay down at night. She keeps on loving me. I keep on wondering why She's got a wicked smile Angel eyes Every guy wanting to hold her close She's as pretty as sin Like the sun sinking down On the California coast She keeps on loving me Loves me the way I am not just alone for the ride, no, she's my biggest fan. And it's a little piece of heaven when we lay down at night. She keeps on loving me, and I keep on wondering why. But it said on add up on paper As long as she lets me I'll take her wherever she wants me to take her She keeps on loving me Loves me the way I am She's not just alone for the ride No, she's my biggest fan It's a little piece of heaven when we lay down at night. She keeps on loving me. I keep on wondering why. She keeps on loving me, and I keep on wondering. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.